1: to the prophetic voice of our time. You know, brothers and sisters, Christmas is fast approaching. I can't believe it, but we are coming up on the end of the year. In just a short while, we're going to be celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it really is shocking to me just how quickly the year has flown by. But, you know, God is still excited to move in your life even before the end of the year, if we're willing to obey him. Amen. And before I continue, I want to remind you all that this New Year's, December 31st, we are going to be celebrating the prophetic gathering of the saints. Um, This is a yearly celebration that we do where we usher in the New Year, celebrating God, His goodness, and the things that He's done this year, and also in the year to come. Uh, The theme for this year is the love of God and the power of God. So we're going to be celebrating his love, and we're going to be celebrating his power. And there's going to be such wonderful things that happen during this upcoming event. So if you want to attend the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints, I encourage you to go to our website, SOGMI.org, hit the events tab, and get registered today. We're holding it here in San Antonio, Texas at 8419 Callahan Road, and the registration fee is $30 a person. And it starts at 7 PM on December 31st. We are celebrating it on New Year's. Because what better way is there to celebrate the upcoming New Year than to do it God's way and celebrate his goodness, his power, and his love. So again, go to our website, SOGMI.org slash events, and register for the prophetic gathering of the saints this December thirty first at seven PM. So what we're gonna be talking about today is how the calling of God does not come at our convenience. When, when the Lord calls us, what has to happen is that we have to structure our lives, our habits, and our ways of thinking around the calling of God. Right? It's not something that's just going to fall into your lap. You actually have to go out and step out in faith and restructure your whole life to follow and obey God. One simple example of this is actually the first ever Christmas. You see, what happened was that Mary was a teenager, probably sixteen years old, and she was engaged to marry Joseph, right? They had a wedding date set and they were gonna be married. And we know all the things that probably go along with that, right? There's all kinds of celebration, right? You maybe you're preparing for your honeymoon and there's a lot of excitement involved in that, right? So Mary had her life planned out right she had a wedding date she was betrothed to joseph and all of the plans and all of the things that come along with that and then what happens an angel appears before her and he says mary you've found favor with god you're going to conceive and give birth to a son and you're going to call him jesus right and mary's thinking how is this going to happen cuz i'm a virgin right But the angel answers her and he says in Luke chapter one, verse 35, he says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the holy one to be born will be called the son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. And that is very true any word that the Lord speaks, it will come to pass. And this is just a, you know, a segue, but that means that the things that the Lord has said concerning this nation, not a single one of them will fail. That the corruption in Washington DC will be uprooted. That's what the Lord said. That will not fail. He has also said that he's bringing about a move of God, the likes of which has never happened in the history of the church. Okay, so we have to take God at his word. So, The angel says to her, for no word from God will ever fail. And this is Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. And this is the kind of attitude that we have to have. But you have to put yourself in Mary's perspective. Right? So, before she might have been excited for the wedding and maybe the honeymoon and all the things that follow in that. And now a baby is being thrown into the mix, right? Now she's got to think about maternity wear. She's got to think about that she's going to be pregnant. So, any of the plans that she might have had, they have now been completely disrupted because now she's going to have a baby. But the amazing thing is that the attitude of Mary was, may it happen unto me as you've said it. She was willing to restructure her plan, and her life to fall in adherence to God's plan. And the really cool thing is that, so the angel gave her a sign. He said, well, you're a relative, Elizabeth. She's pregnant, and she was barren before. So what happens is that Mary goes, and she confirms that sign. right? It says, so at that time, and this is in verse 39, Luke chapter 1, verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill His promises to her. And this is something we have to understand. Those who believe the Lord and obey Him, those people will be blessed. And it is true in your life, just as it was true for Mary back then. And what happens is that Mary, when she hears this, she begins to sing a song and praise God. She said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. You see, Mary understood that because the things that God said to her will manifest, she understood that across the generations, people will call her blessed and know that the Lord moved in her life. So, she believed it. She believed it and received it, and she knew that this is something that people are going to recognize throughout history as a really amazing and blessed event. And we're still celebrating it to this day, right? So in verse 56, it says, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Now, this story doesn't tell us that she went and she contacted her fiancé. It didn't say that she, you know, sent a message to him and explained the situation to him. Because let's face it, how do you explain this sort of situation, right? It's kind of, you know, she's probably thinking there's, you have to put yourself in her position because she's probably thinking there's no way he'll believe me. He'll call me crazy. He'll call me this or that. But what happened was Mary zeroed in on the promise of God and the signs that God gave her, right? So as soon as God said to her, oh, well, your relative Elizabeth is pregnant, right? And this is a sign. She went out there and confirmed the sign. When you focus on God's instructions, and you focus on his promises, and you act out, and you rearrange your life to adhere to God's will in your life, God will take care of those other things that concern you. Whether concerning your loved ones or anything of that sort, God will take care of those things that concern you if you obey him. And we see this is exactly what happens, because an angel of the Lord also speaks to Joseph. It says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, this shows us the kind of man that Joseph was because, you again, you have to put yourself in Joseph's perspective. He doesn't know the circumstances. So in his mind, right, he has a fiancé. They have a wedding date, right? He hasn't slept with her, and now she's discovered to have been pregnant. And so in his mind, surely the most logical conclusion is, well, she cheated on me. She went and she found some other guy, and now she's pregnant, right? And so, in the natural, looking at all of the circumstances, he has been wronged, and he has every right to feel angry. But what this scripture shows us is that he was not a vindictive man, okay? He, in all of his understanding, would have thought that I've been wronged. But despite that, he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, right? He didn't want to make a spectacle of her. He didn't want to shame her publicly. Instead, he said, I'm just going to go through the process and then I'm going to divorce her quietly and we're not going to make a show of it. We're just going to right, take care of all of that. So this shows the kind of heart that Joseph had, that he was a good hearted man and not a vindictive man. But what happens is in verse 20, it says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife So Joseph and Mary, both of their lives, were completely turned around and disrupted by the calling of God. Here Joseph and Mary, they might have been looking forward to their wedding night, they might have been looking forward to their honeymoon, and now she's pregnant. And Joseph, it's not even his. And not only that, in Joseph's perspective, he might have been afraid. Oh no, what will people say? Oh, what if the rumors go around? What if this gets out? What are people going to say about me? What are they going to say about Mary? Right? But Joseph and Mary, and maybe they were concerned about it, but they didn't allow fear of man, fear of what people might think, to stop them from obeying God. Because you have to understand, there would have been a lot of social pressure and a lot of pressure you would have been putting on yourself because of what people might be saying about that situation. Right. Oh, I heard that she got pregnant, and the rumor is, is that they're not. It's not Joseph's, right? But despite that, despite what people might say, Joseph took Mary as his wife because God said so, and Mary went through and obeyed God. Both of them were obedient to the Lord, and they allowed their entire life to get disrupted by the calling of God. And it says in uh, verse twenty-five, so he took Mary as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So here Joseph might have been looking forward to his wedding night, and instead now he's got to wait another nine months until Mary gives birth. And this is just one example to show us, look, when God calls people, it's not going to come at our convenience. But it's those people who are willing to step out in faith and restructure their lives Around the calling of God, it is those people who will do mighty and great works in the kingdom of God. And so you have to examine your own life. When the Lord gave you some instructions, maybe He gave you a prophetic vision, maybe He gave you a word and He said, This is what you need to do. Did you sit around and say, Okay, well, you know, when it happens, it happens, right? Did you just decide? To obey the Lord at your convenience, or did you make that the first and preeminent and number one priority in your life? Only those people who actually go out and run with what God has given them, right? You put everything you have into the instructions and the visions God has given you. Only those people who go all in in obeying God. Those are the people that will establish the kingdom of God and build it up and move in power. As it says in Matthew chapter 13 verse 44, and this is Jesus speaking, he said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Right. So the Lord has given all of us this gift, this magnificent calling. Right? And what happened is that this man, he saw the treasure and he said, wow, this is such an amazing thing. I'm going to sell all of my possessions just so that I can buy this field and get this treasure. Because he recognized that this promise, this treasure was more valuable than anything that he had. That's why Mary was able to, even though what the calling of God that the angel spoke to her, was a huge inconvenience, and it disrupted all of her plans and all of her fiancé's plans. It disrupted all of their plans, but despite that, Mary sang a song praising God because she said, you know what? I thank you, Lord, for these things that you're going to do to me because all generations are going to call me blessed. People are going to know that you blessed me and that you moved in my life. She recognized that this was a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that would not come another time. And this is what we have to see the calling of God as, which is that those things that God has promised to you and that he's given to you are far more valuable than the things that you are planning for your own life. And so because of that, you have to be willing to rearrange everything to obey God, right? And we all have responsibilities, right? But if the Lord gives us an instruction and we believe it and receive it, you know, if we have to wake up earlier to make it happen, if we got to work extra hours to make it happen, whatever we have to do, we will put in the work that needs to be done to obey God. And that's the kind of attitude we need to have. And Jesus tells another parable akin to this. He says in verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Because why? The fine pearls were more valuable than everything he had. Just like the promise of God that he's given you is more valuable than whatever it is that you're planning to do in your own life. God's plan has to be number one priority. And this also happens in the story of um, Moses. Because people often forget the fact that Moses, when the Lord called him in, you know, kind of in the context leading up to the calling of Moses, everyone knows the burning bush, you know, a burning bush happens and he calls Moses and he says, you're going to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Everyone knows how this story goes. But prior to this, Moses had run away from Egypt because he had murdered an Egyptian and people started to talk about it. Okay, so he was like, oh, man, people had started to find out that I killed this guy and hit his body, so he ran away. He ran away to the land of Midian. And what happened is that he came into the house of a man named Jethro and married one of his daughters. And the scripture says that she gave birth to a son. So Moses, in Midian, had a whole life and family. He had a wife, a son, and he had a job there. And it says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. See, so here he is. He's working with his father-in-law. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that he thought the bush was on fire and it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why does the bush not burn up? See, Moses already had a family. He was working and helping his father-in-law, and he already had a son. And what happens is that God tells Moses, he says, I've seen the misery of what's been going on with my people in Egypt, and you're going to go to Pharaoh, you're going to tell him to release all of his slaves, let them go free, and you're going to confront them. So what happens is that Moses has to leave his family behind. And now he has to put himself in what normally would be a dangerous situation, right? He's going to, at the time, would have probably been the most powerful man on earth. And he says, you're going to release all of your slaves, right? Your free labor. You're going to let me take them away from you. And we're going to go to a different land out of here, right? And not only that, remember, he killed an Egyptian. So the Pharaoh, it was well within his authority to order people to kill Moses. OK, and not only that, Moses, you know, he complains to God and he says, well, I'm not very good at speaking. Right. I don't, I, I don't really know what to say. But Moses was willing to rearrange his life to follow God, leave his life behind in Midian, go obey God so that the Israelites would be free and lead them to a new land. And what happens is that after they bring the Israelites out of Egypt he's able to go back and get their family, his family, and bring them with him. And not only that, and this is something that uh, God said to Moses, is that he made the Egyptians favorably disposed to the Israelites to where they would give them many silver, gold, and clothing. It says in verse 21, This is God speaking to Moses. He says, And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards this people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. And this is what we have to understand. Moses rearranged his life, disrupted his current lifestyle to obey God, but... He left Egypt more prosperous than when he arrived in Egypt. Because they, all of the Israelites, received silver, gold, clothing, and all of these things, and they plundered the Egyptians. What the Lord said came to pass. And then Moses was able to bring his wife and his child, and they were able to go and obey God. God will take care of those things that concern you. You will be far better off if you obey God, than if you decided to do your own thing. And this is the case in all things. As Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things, all of these other things will be added to you. And what does he say? He says, right, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Don't worry about these things. And he explains how, you know, God clothes the most beautiful flowers and clothes them to where they never have to worry. He makes sure that the animals have food to eat. So much more for you who are children of God. Right? If we put God as our number one priority, God will make sure that those things that concern you, that you're provided for, that you're blessed and prosperous. But it's an all or nothing game. You can't part of the way obey God and then, you know, do things your own way. You can't mix your ways of doing things with God's ways of doing things. You have to be. 100% all-in in obeying God. And it's those people who do that that will be the leaders in this upcoming move of God. Those are the people who are going to transform the nations and then all generations afterwards will know that they were blessed and that God used them mightily. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Verse 24, he says, do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. This is the kind of attitude we have to take on, right? If you're competing in something like the Olympics or something like that, you go through years of strict discipline and training just so that you would get a chance to get on that stage and compete and they're competing for again as paul said a a crown that won't last a temporary prize we are dealing with eternity guys we're dealing with the kingdom of god that means that christians should be far more disciplined they should be far more passionate and in obeying god than the world is in their competitions If you recognize the calling of God as that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, you will chase after it with everything you have. You would not spare any expense. You would not spare any time. It would be your number one priority. And the amazing thing is that because God is so loving and so good, what will happen is that when you obey God, you will wind up far better off than when you started. He will always take care of those things that concern you. But remember, the calling of God does not come at your convenience. So examine your own life. What are those things that the Lord has been telling you that you need to do? And many times they are simple things. You need to examine those areas where maybe you've been delaying your obedience. Maybe you have not been Going all in and obeying God. Remember, your life should be rearranged around God's calling. God is not going to be the one to bend to your will. We have to bend to his will. But I am running out of time for this week, so I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to register for the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints. It's this December 31st. Seating is limited. And you can find the registration forms on our website at SOGMI.org slash events. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Joshua Sasso, and you've been listening to the Prophetic Voice of Our Time. Till next time, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Prophetic Voice of Our Time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630 or you can email us at sogmi@outlook.com. at outlook.com. That's SOGMI at Outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, SOGMI.org. That is SOGMI.org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast.